Luther, just calm down. Calm? Calm? Do murder and calm go together? Calm and murder? 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 Murder! Welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. And today we are talking about the 1966 Don Knotts movie, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, which should be a cult classic and isn't. You two watched it for the first time this week. I need to know everything that you thought about my beloved childhood movie. And if you say anything bad about it, I know where both of you live. Too bad it'll take you too long to get here. No, <laughs> Listen, I'm- I hold a grudge for a long time. You might not see it coming for years. Yeah, I actually just learned five minutes ago um, the extent of Sydney's pettiness. So I will be on very nice good girl behavior this pod. Chelsea is the good girl of the pod. Unlike Monica Height, a certified Monica, baddie. Monica Height is a certified bad girl. Everybody knows this. Yeah, everybody knows I'm a certified bad girl. Chelsea tried to say that I was the nice girl of the pod, and I she was sad because she wanted to be the nice girl of the pod. Because and I was I like, no, am. please take that title. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> I just got worried for a second, like, what if it's not me? But it's, it is me. It's you. It's definitely you. You're the nice girl of the pod. I'm the girl who talks about goats for... 35 minutes straight (laughs) that's Uh, bad girl material i mean bad girl yeah totally 100 percent. but okay i'm not even gonna talk shit about this movie because what is there to talk shit about it was so fucking cute it was amazing i had a really great time i watched it this morning at like 7 a.m when i was incredibly hungover and it cured at least a quarter of my hangover and so that's saying something healing properties right here (laughs) Um, the true wholesomeness of a Don Knotts movie will cure your hangover. A hundred percent. But also, I don't know what I had in my head going into this movie because I didn't watch the trailer. But like, <laughs> I get why it's called The Ghost and Mr. Chicken because Luther, the main guy, is supposed to be like a chicken. Like, oh, he's scared all the time, whatever. But I was really thinking that a chicken I was like, when's the chicken gonna come? When's the chicken? And I was like, oh, it's weird that they called it that. And then I, the movie was over, and I was like, oh, it's because he's a scaredy cat. I'm a freaking fool. But anyway, we got there eventually. <laughs> yeah, Ghost and Mr. Scaredy Cat just doesn't have the same zhuzh no. as Mr. Chicken. No, I gotta say, title wise, right. the Ghost and Mr. Chicken made me think of Chicken Hen from Bob's Burgers, which is like a karate mom and or dad and daughter movie and honestly that paid off there was karate in this movie so here's the thing i thought it was a very apt title amazing (laughs) do you think that bob's burgers got the karate legend chicken hen from this movie no i think it's based on something else but i don't know karate movies enough to say (laughs) it's obviously based on this classic karate movie this actually we did it to mr chicken and mr chicken going yeah yeah and they're like there we go yeah. the title. <laughs> we're, gonna, 
We're gonna have to update our bio for this show because we're this wasn't a horror movie. This was specifically, explicitly a karate movie. I mean, now <laughs> since we have done this, have to cover more karate films in the future, and I'm excited. They just have to be spooky karate movies. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure there's some out there too. It's when very karate spooky, is involved, it's powerful. Yeah, I mean, dire straits, stakes are high. That's spooky to me, Sydney. Yeah. As Luther says, his whole body is a weapon because wow. of his karate knowledge. And that wow. is a horrifying thought. I believe it. He uses it as a weapon. I mean, we saw that in the film. And I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves just yet. But he really put his whole body into that one maneuver later on. So, <laughs> But yeah, okay. I haven't seen any other movie with Don Knotts. Um, but he's freaking hilarious. He's amazing. Are you familiar with his other stuff, Sid? So I'm a big fan of the Andy Griffin show. So mm. that is one of like this uh movie. Okay. So if you've never seen this movie, the whole plot of this movie is a timid typesetter hasn't a ghost of a chance of becoming a reporter until he desi- decides to solve a murder mystery and ends up spending a fright-filled night in a haunted house. Wow. What a beautiful reading. You should Thank like you. consider doing some voiceover work. Like that was really good. <laughs> I, think night, <laughs> I think this is the only voice work I will get and this is not paid. So I don't know. <laughs> What not yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I've seen a decent amount of Don Knotts movies. Uh, the Shakiest Gun in the West. Highly recommend if you like Westerns. Um, this is his first standalone movie after leaving The Andy Griffith Show. So, and a lot of characters from the show uh, appear in this movie. And this movie is basically kind of based off an episode from the show. That's what I saw based on IMDb trivia, although they didn't say as much. They just said there's an eerie coincidence, which I was just like, okay, but he was in the show, so it's not that big of a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently there's some episode, where is this, that, oh, where did I put it? Oh, they go into an old house to get Opie's baseball. Is this ringing any bells for you, Sydney? Who's Opie? I don't know. <laughs> Opie's Andy's son. Oh, it's Ron. Oh, it's Ron, oh, it's Ron, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Ron Howard is. Yes. I know Ron guys, Howard is. guys, do you not watch like classic television shows? Who oh. raised you? Who not raised you? These were around, like, when our parents were, like, children. My dad just <laughs> watches shows- westerns all of the time, so maybe eventually <laughs> I'll see The Shakiest Gun in the West or whatever you said it was called, but... <laughs> I even took a class part- on the American sitcom at UCLA, which was an incredible class, and I had to watch, like, the Mary Tyler Moore show, The Simpsons, um, and a couple other, of like, older, older TV shows, but we didn't do the Andy Griffith show, which is a huge mistake. I'm so sorry. We'll have to speak to my professor. Actually, I would love to do that because he was really hot. So please. (laughs) Shout out to Monica's professor. (laughs) Again, like I love old horror movies. I just, I loved old TV shows all the time. And it was something that my parents were thrilled that I was watching. And they were like, ah, yes, 
please watch this. I hate the dumb cartoons for your generation. Watch ours. So, like, I watched all the original Scooby-Doo's, the Munsters, the Addams Family, this, Bewitched. Like, I Dream of Genie, the Brady Bunch. I still watch all the time because it is on Hulu. (laughs) That's so wholesome the, the partridge family the beverly hillbillies come on guys sing tv shows go on educate yourself <laughs> my family did this but with music not with shows so i didn't see any of the shows but i only listened to like 50s and 60s music growing up and i was late to the even the britney spears game as a youth and that's why i was so lame so you know. <laughs> oh yeah that's heard. the only thing but now no, she's a bad girl now. Don't never worry. Bad girl. Never she's... bad girl. I listen to Britney Spears all the time. So bad. <laughs> so one of I was reading a bunch of uh, reviews for this movie, and one that just like really sh- like stuck out to me that I think because this movie isn't you know like it's not our traditional horror movie. It's, it's definitely not? more of a comedy. It's definitely spooky. I still it's jump. Spooky. To this day. But they said, for youngsters who hadn't experienced anything stronger than Attack of the Ping Pong Balls on Captain Kangaroo, Mr. Chicken, with its spooky organ music, blood-dripping portrait, and haunted murder house, was deliciously traumatic. Oh, I saw that. I saw that review on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I love the phrase deliciously traumatic. Traumatic. <laughs> I want to know what the only thing that I can. Other than the elevator scene, which traumatized me as oh. an adult watching just now. Oh my God. The elevator scene actually traumatized me. I'm terrified of elevators. Terrified. They always freak me out. Why yeah, did that elevator not have a door? It didn't oh even God. have a freaking <laughs> door. <laughs> Before we started recording, I told you guys there was one moment that made me shriek, and it was when he's getting in the elevator to go back down after seeing the lawyer, and it like falls as he's getting in, and he does the fall. That's what I lost my shit a little bit. Like I felt nauseous watching the elevator go up and down as they tried to get on and off. That that like freaked my shit out. No. Yeah. Apparently, old elevators didn't. A lot of them didn't have the like the sliding door or even like the accordion doors so they just had the doors on the floors wow i don't care for that and they had to have an actual person in the elevator to like you know maneuver them i need the accordion door at least like on the titanic so nobody's arm is sticking out and gets cut off nope can't afford that in the uh city of rachel in the city of Rachel, I thought that was such a funny town name. And then at one point, they what's he call them? Rachel. I thought that oh, was yeah. so funny. <laughs> I just googled uh, how common were elevator deaths in the 1960s, and I, I didn't get I didn't get a good response. But I'm sure it is very common. <laughs> Oh, just man. feels like a lot of room for things to go wrong. Once again, could never live in the past. That's our through line from the witch. The through line from the witch. That's fair. I always say, like, if I had a time machine, I would just like to walk around like an invisible person and just observe everything oh. and then move on my way. Like, I don't want to interact with anybody. I don't need to do things. I just want to, like, be a fly on the wall of the past. Sure. 
I just want to go back and steal all of Alma's outfits, man. Jeez, oh, she looked so good the whole time. She is incredible. She's such right. a hottie. She was a Playboy bunny. Oh, yeah, which Alma. was very scandalous for mm. a G-rated movie in the yeah. 60s. Like, uh, there is my dream house, my personal dream house. What This murder-suicide house, I want to live in it. I'll take all the cobwebs. So many cobwebs. But of cobwebs going on. In my notes, I was like, huh? Something to think about. Just one Ooh. busy spider in there over the years. In my notes, I was just like, is this how many cobwebs acquire in 20 years? Is this a a thing? Hmm? I don't know. Let me say, as someone who actively lives in all parts of my home, there are almost that many spider webs in my house at all times. (laughs) I could, I like, I was like, oh, that's, that's all. That's all the spider webs after 20 years with no one in there except for a ghost. (laughs) Just that. So, uh, the opening scene of this movie is so funny and I think really sets a great tone for the whole movie. Totally. It's like, it's a dark, kind of spooky night and you see a drunk man walking, just being drunk, adorable, and out of the bush, he just gets whacked in the head with a two by four and an old lady, a nosy neighbor across the street just starts screaming, yes, murder, murder, murder. (laughs) And then Luther is driving his car and he like whips around this like big clunky old car. I mean, just like. I thought it looked cool. And then I only learned from IMDb trivia that it was like a lemon. (laughs) But like, you have to think how hard it must be. Those cars weighed so much. Turning around difficult but he like pulls out his little press badge and gets this like big camera and one i have a question uh who is just hiding in the bushes with a two by four at night yeah do we ever find out what happened or did it just fall down onto him like i don't understand what happened to this drunk man i missed it so so um uh the neighbor and luther think this guy is dead um, he's taking photos of the crime scene and he gets the neighbor to call his editor cause he works for the press and he runs to the police station and he's like, this guy is dead. This guy is dead. And as he's telling the story of how he's dead, the dead guy walks into the police well, station with in. a woman, with a woman and the woman apparently hit him on the head with the two by four for being a drunk. And I'm thinking it might be her husband. Cause she said my, she calls him my love, but I'm just like, why you hide girl? Why you hide in the bush with a two by four to hit your husband in the head? Like you're putting so many pieces together that I did not. Cause I (laughs) truly was like this two by four fell off the spooky house because it's down murder house. And then this lady works at the police station doing clerical work, and she somehow brought him in after Susanna Blush called 911. And then she's just like, but this is our lovable town drunk, so just, like, throw him in the cell, but see you later, my friend. 
She's no, unendingly she's... petty, just like Sydney, and she was <laughs> pissed at her drunk ass husband. So she did what any wife would naturally do: beat him in the <laughs> two by four. Seems natural. I don't know. Fair enough. That, that hiding in a bush by a abandoned haunted house to hit my drunk husband in the head with a two by four does seem like something that I would do. Classic Sydney behavior, right? Classic. <laughs> Classic. See, you learned a lot from this movie at an early age. I can see that now. Formative. <laughs> hey guys, I'm single if you are interested in dating me. <laughs> you want to be hit in the head with a two by four? Go on a date with me. <laughs> and then I'll be the screaming lady that's like, bang, right on the head. Bang, right on the head. With hey, that. Right she said it so many times. I was like, if the whole movie is going to be this stressful, I need to do something about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that was lady the main other stressor who was like willing to meet Luther's level. Everybody else kind of tempered how excitable he was. Yes. And then we get to meet some of the main people. We get to meet his editor, Mr. Beckett. And we get to meet Douche Canoe Ollie. I hate Ollie. He's so hot, though. He's so hot, but God, I hate him. And his hate real him. name is Skip. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, Skip. I like that. That's I like gotta Skip. say, um, I didn't understand what was going on at first when Alma pulled up at the house in her little convertible and everybody was eating breakfast together. It was only once Luther went outside that I saw the boarding house sign that I was like, Oh, because in my notes, I was like, is Ollie Luther's brother? And I was trying to like, put the pieces together of why everybody was eating breakfast together and the relationship all these people shared. And I could not do it. It wasn't happening for me. I was, I was like, he's got so many cute grandmas. <laughs> like, how did he not that many? They've adopted him, I sure. I need to ask more questions because I wonder if boarding houses like that were more common in the 60s they are in media at least i don't know if they were real i mean they had to have come from somewhere but in agent carter um peggy carter lives in an all women's boarding house so that is also like 60s ish right that time period isn't is she 40s oh yeah that makes sense because it's after world war ii (laughs) but that's still like the 40s 50s Probably yeah, goes into that's the, the same time period. That would be nice to just like live in a nice little house and get like a cute room. It's so like having roommate. It's having roommates, but somebody makes you breakfast all the time. I like having that. Roommates, but somebody makes you breakfast all the time, and nobody comes in your room when you don't want them to. Yes. <laughs> this is. I, mean, I live I alone. I'm glad I don't have roommates. <laughs> I have roommates, and I love having roommates because I love being around people at all times and so I think I would like this as well I'd love to have and three classy grandmas this morning so oh yeah that's yeah. true they and you like- are sleeping with one of them so that helps yeah, <laughs> yeah. which room <laughs> would you sleep with at the Natalie Miller room and board that's the question it's gotta be Ollie though I mean Ollie. we know it's Ollie it's gotta yeah. be Ollie it's not Luther no, no. Uh-uh. no it's not Luther but it's definitely the elder man you just know he can put it down. Oh, Jesus Christ. I forgot he even <laughs> No, I would go with Ollie. 
Oh my god. Let's just it's so funny and cuz we already know that Luther's like a bumbling fool um from the earlier scenes, but like just watching him try to talk to Alma was like one of the most uncomfortable things I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> like he just copied everything that other people had already said to her cuz he couldn't think of one goddamn thing to say. Nice print. That's a nice print. Okay. Okay. So I got a print, and it would have red flowers and yellow on the, and then he couldn't say the word bosom. I did. I did some math because Alma was like, "Yeah, I got this print at blah blah blah," and the one of the old ladies at the bed and board was like, "For three ninety five. and I was just like, "Could you imagine buying a shirt for three ninety five? So I did some in uh, inflation estimates. And it's still only like $25, but we can't barely get like a shirt at Target for $25. And that's like a nice department store, like made shirt. I feel, and I don't know, and I could be wrong and I have never known anything in my life, but I feel (laughs) that when she said, I got this print, maybe it was implied like she got the material and then she made the dress. Is that wrong? Maybe, but it sounded like she said a department store name. Yeah. So I think she got it at a department store. So yes, that is wrong, is the consensus. A lot of people made their own clothes in the 60s, though. Like, my mom made everything that she wore was either hand-me-downs or she made growing up until she was, like, 19. Lots of disco clothes. My mom made so many disco clothes. God, did she keep them for you? Um, I would not be able to fit in them because my mother was like a double zero, oh, but she did make her first wedding dress. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> I <can't. laughs> um, okay. So I, can we, someone explain to me what Luther's job like actually is. What does he uh, do? <laughs> he's, a, he's a typesetter. And <laughs> so to make paper, like, now it gets, like, printed on a machine, but before you had to, like, hand put printer blocks, and then oh. it would, like, run, and so it was, like, really involved, like, typing and, like, getting all the little, like, stories and stuff done. Mm. So it what was, would he okay. want to put in there for filler if he wasn't supposed to write his own story? Because that's like the first thing they say. They're like, oh, Luther, we need you to put three inches of filler in here. Like, what's that supposed to be? <laughs> it's like a little, like, three-inch column that they probably have just, like, uh, ready to, like, fill into that section. Oh, that doesn't so- really make sense to me because it, you wouldn't be able to print the same piece of news every week. But I'm sure it's probably just basic stuff like oh, the weather, or oh, there was, like, a local picnic, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, but, like, they're the ones that are sitting there and, like, arranging all the words in a thing with, like, the individual print letters. You know those, like, TikToks from, like, journalism? No, you probably are not on this side of TikTok. Uh, (laughs) I'm not even on this side of TikTok. I've just seen them on Twitter, I think. But it's, like, you, you lay all of the typeset out so that you can like put the paper on it and press it on and you can have like a bajillion copies from it instead of having to do it over and over each time on like a typewriter or whatever yeah 
So like I have a a big T for my last name that's like in a big wooden block that's from like a London an 1800s London type like setter thing. That sounds cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I have I have it hung in my kitchen, but so he does that kind of things. And so when they're asking oh, no, for like it. a like uh but he wants to be a reporter like so he wants to be the one that's like writing and so you get mr kelsey who with his adorable irish accent is encouraging him to be like why don't you write your own little filler thing instead of using one of their pre-made ones for this week can that seem to be like mr kelsey did the writing Oh, yeah. I mean, Kelsey is just the puppet master here. He has an agenda, and he gets that agenda done. Every step of the way is planned by Kelsey, and I love him for it. He's a wonderful, lovely, talented gardener man and mastermind, and we love that. (laughs) He's like, why don't you write a story about the murder that was exactly 20 years ago? And why don't you write these words that I'm saying right now exactly (laughs) and Luther's like thank god I don't have to think because I'm such a weird guy (laughs) right like Luther's not a writer poor baby um but we get uh that murder suicide house is the Simmons house and who because it is the 20th anniversary of the house who but comes to town but the nephew of the people that were murdered Nick Simmons Uh Nicholas Simmons, son of a bitch. Oh, we hate him. He just looks like a bad dude all the time, right? Like, and the one thing that I do have in my notes. So he's at the bank trying to get the lien or all the the title cleared so he can demolish this house. Like he just wants this house gone. Should be punishable by some sort of horrible thing because that house is gorgeous and has so many beautiful details inside and he was just going to trash it. Oh, that made me so bad. <laughs> my dream home destroyed. But uh, I have in my notes, Mr. Ma- he goes to the bank and he's meeting with Mi- Mr. Maxwell, who is like in charge of the bank. And Mr. Maxwell's wife is Mrs. Maxwell, who is um, in charge. She, like, does seances and, like, loves the occult and just keeps... The psychic occult society of Rachel. That's what she's in charge of. Yes. And I literally, I'm just like, I love Mr. Maxwell for supporting his spooky wife and her love of seances. Because he's like, sorry, I'm late. My wife, we were just having a seance last night for my wife. And again, if my future husband will not do this with me. You're looking for a Milo Maxwell is what you're looking for. Then if my future husband doesn't do spooky seances with me, I'm going to hit him in the head with a two by four. You want a banker who indulges your spooky interests, who lets you be the captain of the ship. Yeah, he's got to be a bound bitch for all of this stuff. Also, there's an important aspect of Mrs. Maxwell that we're not commenting on, and it's the fact that her name is Halcyon. That's her name's name. Halcyon, which means it is a – it's denoting a period of time in the past that was idyllically happy and peaceful – 
or it's a tropical kingfisher bird with colorful plumage, or it's a mythical bird from ancient writers that ancient writers used to write about that had a nest floating at sea at the winter solstice, which is innately witchy and it all makes sense. And I might name my child Halcyon because of this woman. I am obsessed. <laughs> I literally was about to say, come back in 10 years where there's a little Halcyon height. <laughs> I was so excited. I'm putting this on my baby names list. Like I didn't even know if I want kids, but now I'm like, I guess I have to have one to name it Halcyon. <laughs> and that is a pretty gender neutral name. It could go either ways. And then you could call him Hal cute or hallie for a girl oh, that's sweet young hallie then, Berry. i love that and then they could be hallie like Berry oh Knight. what's your name halcyon <laughs> oh my god she's the best character the best part of this entire movie is the what is it the psychic occult society society yes, being that like- is and they do it all throughout the movie which i think that's how we should just greet everybody from now on oh my god i say tarot tarot and then you both go yeah that's our new sign off for the pod (laughs) (laughs) when um so uh they luther writes the cute little like typeset tiny story and it everybody is complimenting him gets he gets so many compliments so many compliments and mr beckett is like good work ollie on this piece uh but it ain't ollie he's like what the fuck are you talking about i haven't written anything about it yet and mr kelsey puppet mass master uh 101 is like uh And so they ask him, and he's like, oh, sorry, I haven't been paying attention. What are we talking about? God, he's so manipulative. I love him. (laughs) He's so good. And he's like, oh, the Luther story? And then they both run to Luther, and they realize, like, okay, how can we fuck with Luther, basically? And so they're like, let's put him in this haunted house. Like he's a chi- he's a chicken. And so let's put him in. Mis- that's Mister Chicken to you, okay? <laughs> and, um. So Luther put him in the freaking is- murder house on the night of the freaking anniversary of the murder. Terrible. Yeah. And Kelsey's like, and- you know what? Let me traumatize my dear dear friend. Awful. Horrible. Kelsey, what are you doing? Can we talk about the diner scene before he goes stays in the house with uh, Luther and Alma? Mm -hmm. Alma. Oh my god. He's so awkward it makes me want to (laughs) die. It was like the most cringe scene. I am just like the the guy eating the jello makes me like wanna like want my skin to crawl i can't imagine just like not standing by the hostess seat and just like waiting for a seat like alma girl what are you doing like why, yeah. why? 
like imagine and Luther. He's like, it's my big break. It's my big date with Alma finally. And then he goes to sit down and eat his freaking chicken soup, which is a lame choice for the first date meal. But whatever. <laughs> you know what? It sounded so good to me because I was freezing when I watched this movie, and I was like, damn, some chicken noodles soup would really hit right. <laughs> imagine he's just gonna be slurping on their first date. Gross, gross. But anyway, he walks up, and there's some other man sitting at the table. <laughs> and then terrible and like the food gets there outrageously fast and so he's just like slurping on his soup and while his suit yeah splatter like, everywhere dangerous yeah. and jell and jello man is just going so slow and then as soon as jello man gets up ollie sits in luther's seat <sighs> and i was just like I hate Ollie. I hate him so much. He sucks. His hot face sucks. I hate him. But Alma but then, immediately like, pulled him off and I wrote in my notes, damn Alma, tell Ollie. So good for her. Yes. Alma's great. But that's when Luther like finally decides like, I'm going to go stay in this house. Like you can't be, you, you can't, can't like. You around anymore. <laughs> yes. And then one of my favorite, favorite quotes from this is when he like, he, t- he gets his chicken noodle tab and he's just like, he runs out and he goes, put it on my tab. And the counter woman goes, you don't have a tab. And so he has to like fumble back and like pay. And I'm just like, dramatic I'm exit. like baby Luther. And so we see all his, uh, all the elderly people at his boarding house are like giving him a flashlight, preparing him to go. And he, when he's like leaving to walk to the house, he's like, I'll see you tomorrow. And one of the old biddies just go, God willing. And I'm like, ooh, dark. They all say to him like crying. Like this is the last <laughs> time they'll ever see this poor boy. And like, honestly, fair. Because like, even if there isn't a haunting happening in that house, like we don't trust him in an old building by himself. Like he needs to be watched. <laughs> he it's needs supervision. Like- the house is haunted, and we know this because Bonami wouldn't even get the blood stains out of the keyboards on the <laughs> organ. And we know this because she says like five times, they even tried Bonami. <laughs> Bonami, that Bonami stuff that works. Imagine what Bonami. It probably was like that they have pure lead accents in this movie. It really stuck with me. Oh my god. I mean, let's be real. It's probably just like a bottle of like lead paint or something or just lead based something because everything seemed to be like all cleaning products back in the day seemed to be like very, very poisonous. (laughs) No, 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 no. I just Googled this and we had, we, my mom has this. It's a powder cleaner. And it's, it's, it, uh, it's been around for like ever because it was one of the only non-toxic cleaners okay. Yeah, okay. sorry okay which is why it's still used a lot like uh like thrive market has it guys so you is know it's like uh, Monica, please i can't even know this I, well, sorry, I'm the bad girl of the pod, so I don't look things up. I just fly from the seat of my pants and I just say whatever comes to me, you know? It's probably filled with lead. Ooh, bad girl talk. <laughs> Live fast, uh, use uh, non-use toxic cleaning <laughs> services. Bad girls do it well. 
live fast, die of lead poisoning, bad girls do it well. (laughs) Extremely eloquent. It was well said. It was well said. But anyway, okay, so I love the whole scene. Um, the whole sequence of him going and sleeping for the night in the in the home. It's so good. Is that when he walks up, is that the moment when the black cat runs in front of him? Because that yes. was so good. And because he like trips over the cat, he like falls down the coal chute and ends up in the spooky basement. Also, the door, he tries to open the door. That was the mo- that part was so funny to me. He tries to open the door, it's locked. And then a second that he moves away, it opens. And then he goes to go in, and then it closes. And then he's just like, actually, we're not going to use the door. We're just going to ignore <laughs> the door altogether. <laughs> what is like this door? Though, is that, Sydney, before we officially started recording, you mentioned one of your favorite scary bits, and then it's right now, and you didn't even bring it up. Which one? Ollie jumping out of the bushes and barking. Oh, God. Barking? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <sighs> Sorry, That's- we talked about this before recording. So I was like, oh, we've already talked about this. Oops. So before he gets to the door, you get a great jump scare of Ollie jumping out of a bush. People love hanging out uh, in bushes in front of this house in Rachel, Kansas. They're very nice hedges. Okay. Very I mean, well trimmed. Wh- what else is there to do, I guess? we I used to hang in gas station parking lots. They hang out in bushes. It's a thing. It's a small town. Small town. <laughs> you know small towns uh, and bushes. And he's, he jumps out, scares them, and he's like, are you really going to do this? Like, I'll go in with you. And he's like, no, like, I'm going to do this by myself. And then Ollie's like, okay, sport. Like, I think he calls him Scoop. Uh, <laughs> mean. Um, he's like go for it and then as soon as he walks away luther's like ollie like did you leave me can you come back no it would have been way worse if ollie had been there even though i would have loved to see him again because i love to look at his face but i hate his personality (laughs) but i don't know that it would have i mean i would have loved to see ollie scared in the murder house um but i don't know that the murder house haunting would have gone off as without a hitch if ollie had been there i think it was most effective probably on luther um god love luther but certainly was not looking around too much for the cause of things was like very happy to go with the flow of the haunting and by happy i mean terrified listen luther is our fourth beautiful idiot that's true you know what i was thinking when i was watching it i was looking at don knots i was looking at luther and i was like old timey steve buscemi that's what (laughs) look at his eyes they could be related. Someone look it up. Not me. I don't do that. I'm the bad girl of the pot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I noticed another through line that's like, wow, such an exciting through line to Black Christmas. He falls into this basement, and in the basement, a spooky rocking chair that shouldn't be there. Oh. Terrifying. Very scary. Um, but also- What's even- more spookier is when he trips and he sees the rocking chair and then he's like luther with blah 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 the press like that's gonna stop somebody in their tracks to be like i'm with the press 
He's just very happy and he wants, uh, he's happy that he's with the press and he wants his last words to be about it. If that's the last thing he ever says. He's got his little <laughs> press tag. But what, okay, when he gets into the house, something that pissed me off so much, he looked around for like five seconds. Like this is his big break to write a story. I know he's terrified, but he looked around like one room of the house and then he's immediately like, and I will be going to bed now. And like, puts himself in his freaking sleeping bag like literally like two minutes into being in the house i was like really like you should maybe check to see if there's no one in there that would be the smart thing to do luther well it is almost midnight and so it's probably way past his bedtime Aww. But, but also when um he's still in the basement and then the music just ran the ragtime music just randomly oh. starts playing that makes me jump time. every time we love a good ragtime j- jaunt what am i saying who knows i love to go <laughs> doesn't sound like bad girl stuff to me bad girls don't like ragtime bad girls do like rag ragtime because i'm a bad girl and i like ragtime so wow. i set the precedent here okay yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean so what is it that gets him out of his his spooky sleeping bag that he has all the way zipped up? It's the thumping, right? So he hears there's uh, footsteps and things. And what really gets laughter, him. laughter, the closed caption said. Yeah, there's like spooky laughter, like menacing laughter. But in he hears like a banging in the wall. And so he takes a book and just throws it at the wall. As one does. That's actually a big karate move. (laughs) (laughs) And when he throws the book, a mysterious staircase opens up in behind the bookcase, which, again, this house is my dream home. I want a hidden staircase leading up to a spooky organ room. All good houses have a spooky cavern. So I... Yes! It's important. (laughs) like it is mandatory in my childhood home there is like a fireplace and then next to the fireplace there is this tiny door like tiny like two feet tall tiny door and you open the tiny door and it leads to a full-size room that you can only get to from the outside of the house i forgot that was a thing until now is that real or is that like a dream i'm not sure i'll go check once i go back home but yeah big big spooky staircase here and then this this is like my favorite part when i was like i was like okay finally this movie is really getting super spooky because there's nothing i love more than a piano or an organ in this case that plays its freaking self yes i i live for that shit I oh uh, with and you can see like the blood on the keys yes. still. Oh, the bonami couldn't get it. No, but the organ music is so good. It is. It is. I it love that song. So familiar. It's like- um. So they they did it for this one, and I think a couple other shows or movies used this organ music. I thought for sure trivia was going to come through for me on this one because it sounded so familiar the whole time I was watching the movie. And then IMDb trivia didn't tell me anything. Oh, I thought it did too. Like I read something that it was used 
in games, which is a yeah, like James Con is that his name movie? Yeah, it's yeah. used in like other but still older films. So like nothing recent, recent. Oh my god, how annoying! I just I was like, I'm gonna figure it out, and everyone's gonna be so impressed. Except I'm looking something up, which is what I don't do. But sometimes I'm unpredictable. Another bad girl trait. Bad girls um, don't live by the rules. <laughs> um, but I was I went to the IMDb trivia for games, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great! It's gonna tell me the organ song." And it just says the same song is featured in the Ghost of Mr. Chicken. So it's an eternal freaking loop. We'll never know. <laughs> but it's so spooky it's so the music in the opening credits at the end it's so of this time and these as somebody who likes these older shows and movies like it just like bring it triggers that nostalgia of ah yes this is a this is a 60s production oh man so like poor luther he's absolutely losing his mind the organ is playing itself the blood is on the keys and he just bolts down the stairs because like of course he would that's terrifying and then that gorgeous freaking post uh not poster excuse me painting i want that painting for my home is just absolutely gushing blood with with shears sticking out of her neck like yeah that part was very compelling to me and in case somehow you didn't know what the crime was um i wrote down kelsey's whole tale so let me set the scene for you um say what happened was this the two of them was in the master bedroom arguing he was in a jealous rage suddenly he became violent stabbed her right in the throat they never did find out with what then he went completely loco which cracked me up with that he just threw a little loco in there just like I loved that little loco just a little for flavor um he ran up into the tower blood dripping from his hands and played that pipe organ it was midnight luther and they sat there playing and laughing and screaming to beat the band which i don't know what that means um when the music reached its peak he suddenly jumped up and threw himself out the window they say the ghost of old man Simmons still climbs the tower and plays the organ at midnight. So the the organ playing itself at midnight, walking down the stairs and seeing a pair of garden shears stabbed into the portrait. Like, not only are you like, oh, my God, I just solved the murder. I'm a genius. Um, he's garden shears, even though I could not identify them until Luther said what they were later on. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but also the crime come to life once more before our very eyes. That's spooky stuff, my friends. On, like, around the 20th anniversary of the murder actually taking place. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I just love the immediate aftermath of this scene, too, where Luther just, like, absolutely cannot articulate himself in any way because he is just absolutely spazzing, which he should after something that traumatizing we do not blame him that was a trial that he went through poor guy but uh, once again he does not write his own article about this they like interpret his incoherent babble he still gives the facts he still gives the facts but he's like it was terrible just terrible and just says that over and over and over again and ollie and uh what's his name mr becker mr beckett miles beckett 
Mr. Beckett, write this article for him. And it's front page news, as it should be. The talk of the town. And Luther goes from bumbling idiot who everyone tolerates to bumbling idiot that everyone adores. A hero in his own right. And a boy, Luther. <laughs> and a boy, Luther! Okay, oh my God. so that is a something that, like, my me and my dad scream at each other all the time so when we couldn't find each other at like the grocery store we would just scream at a boy luther really loud. oh my god <laughs> we also have a whistle like um again uh, uh andy griffith they like do like a little like whistle theme song and so we have a family whistle so basically my dad dog trained us as small children <gasps> oh so we respond to a That's whistle it. so like if you see us at a grocery store just like doing a whistle around people always look at you so strange <laughs> yeah i mean that yeah, uh, both of these are kind of like dog training trip like tricks they say at a boy like that's what you say to your dog <laughs> I was like fully ready to put it into my vocabulary, use it on the regular. And then IMDb trivia is like, yes, everyone who saw that movie did exactly that same thing. (laughs) And it was a huge trend. I mean, it's It's so fun. I highly recommend doing it. It's so fun. And I bet that guy felt so funny every time. There's nothing like, uh, what's it called? When you yell at someone at a comedy show. Heckling? Heckling. Heckling. There's nothing like heckling during court proceedings, during a very nervous man's speech. Wonderful. (laughs) Also, so uh, the town is having a celebration. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like a uh, regularly scheduled town celebration that they were already planning on having and then just had Luther there. Or if it was a Luther is, this is for Luther, for writing uh, a great article that we all loved reading it was for but, sure honoring luther i just don't know if they chamber of commerce hosts a picnic lunch every week but this one was dedicated to him it was a luncheon yeah. actually <laughs> it was a picnic lunch but one of my favorite favorite things that they uh when he gets up and he's like gonna make a speech um his mic kind of like is you know how mics can get and they like make all the weird noises he just says the electrician must be a democrat (laughs) and i've never noticed that before republican ass mayor up here blaming the democrats all right sabotaging I i never noticed that before oh one thing that we should should it's very important for the plot line um after Luther writes this whole article, Mrs. Maxwell, husband to banker and supporter, Mr. or husband, wife to, uh, she could be the husband. She does own 51% of the bank. So, you know, she works. Why would that make her the husband? I don't know. I want to be called Maybe husband if I own 51% of, of the bank. <laughs> I don't know. I want to be called the husband if I own 51% of the bank. It's me. I'm the husband now. Wow. (laughs) Um, And she's like, you cannot give Nick Simmons the title to this house. Like, you can absolutely not. He cannot tear this down. I believe that there are ghosts in this house. And so uh, Luther gets served papers 
from oh, Nick oh, being like so many good parts. <laughs> but yes, he does. He gets he just does his big old speech and like he did a horrible job, but everyone still was kind to him, which was nice. And then he immediately gets served. Like that that blows hard. Poor guy. Right? Like he just does his like very awkward speech. I it was so horrible to sit through. <laughs> Oh my god, it was terrible. He, like, repeats other people's jokes. He has papers fly away into the sky. Like, he just absolutely bombs it hardcore. I wanted to turn off the movie at that point. Uh, but this is also the moment that we found out that Alma and um, Luther are soulmates because they both like good food. And as we all know, that's the only thing you have to have in common for a healthy relationship. A hundred percent. Yeah. And Luther gets yeah. that from his mother. Like, she always said she would rather have good food than bad food any day of the week. And that's an important trait to have. Yeah. No, that's a lie. common, too. And, and <laughs> I also love that he's like, he's like, wow, we'll, we've had lunch twice now. Isn't that funny? And he was like, we should have lunch some evening. Lunch together some <laughs> evening. And I was like, oh my god, I wrote in my new notes, Luther should teach the master class on flirting. Because <laughs> he just really just knows how to seal the deal. He really knows how to speak to a woman, you know? Mm -hmm. He's got that style. <laughs> we all know that lunch is the sexiest meal of the day, so... It's true. That is true. That is true. I do love lunch. Um, another quote from this scene. I'm not exactly sure when it happens, um, but I think this is said by the the banker, so uh, Mr. Maxwell, and he's talking to Luther about how much Mrs. Maxwell loved the article, and he was like, "Yeah, she came home last night and vibrated for an hour," <laughs> <laughs> which is like played me. <laughs> But also, I do that a lot of times as well. Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever been so excited that you just, like, produce, like, energy, electricity almost? That's what Chelsea, happens you when not you're psychically a cult. Yeah, do you not uh, cosmic vibrate all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, I'm not as witchy as you guys are, tragically. I guess I'm just not on that spiritual plane. It's okay. We're we gonna fix get that. You there. Don't worry. We're gonna get you there, and you'll just be constantly cosmically vibrating. It'll actually probably annoy you, um, but it's something <laughs> to learn to live with. <laughs> um, you'll figure it out. But yeah, okay. So this brings us into the part of the the movie that was. I was like, "Is this gonna be a court movie for the rest of the movie? Please let it not be a court movie for the rest of the movie." And then it resolved, but. Poor little Luther has to go to court because freaking Nick Simmons is accusing him of libel for writing about his experience in the house, which like, fuck you, Nick Simmons, you jerk. I hate you. You are weird. And your blue eyes are dark, just like that lady says. Hate him. Yeah, Nick is the worst. Uh, still not as... Not as sexy as Ollie, but Ollie's still a more of a dick. Yeah. But uh, I will say, I will give Mr. Beckett, his editor, he's like, Luther, did all of these things happen to you? And Luther was like, yes, absolutely, 100%. And he's like, okay, great. We're going to court. Like, I believe you. And I'm yeah. like, good for Mr. Beckett. That was awesome. 
And okay, so this whole court proceeding was such utter bullshit. It was so frustrating to watch. Like the first witness that they call is Luther's third grade teacher. <laughs> like the, he, this man looks to be in his late 30s. So like it has been decades upon decades. He was a child when this woman would like would know anything about him. And she's talking about how he used to like make up hyperbolic stories. And I'm like, yeah, that's what fucking kids do. Are you kidding me? And everyone's like scandalized. Like, oh my God, <gasps> he told a fib. Holy, holy jeez. Gee willikers, I don't know, what's some old-timey speech? Insert old-timey, exasperated Hol words. Holy Toledo. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favorite part of the court proceeding is definitely when they bring up our good man, the ultimate gay lord, gay lord Patty. That's his name. What a great name. <laughs> I'm... Could you imagine being named Gaylord? I think no. we should bring in that name in 2021. <laughs> I'm putting Gaylord on my baby's names list. I'm gonna have two kids, <laughs> Halcyon and Gaylord. And Gaylord. <laughs> he had some real good details boy. to share about this Simmons mansion. He had a real long list of spooky tales to share. And then they were just like, and where does your regular list of spooky friends meet? And he was just like, on Mars. And unfortunately, they had to dismiss his entire holy truthful testimony. You know, he just like. Yeah. Because he's okay. a little insane. I gotta say, while I did not want it to be a court movie either, there were a lot of good things about this court scene. First of all, the judge wearing a little fancy ribbon tie, I loved. Absolutely <gasps> obsessed yes. with. Like, Very Colonel favorite. Sanders. And also, there's a moment where Mrs. Maxwell faints in court, and I don't remember why right now, but what I remember is that the judge is like, some of you huskies back there, carry her out. And I, I don't, that feels very rude to be like, some of you huskies. And I don't know if it was just like something they said back in the day, or if he's being like, hey, you burly old men or whatever, but I loved it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with being like, hey, you huskies back there. And then like these husky men just like tramping forward to carry Mrs. Maxwell, my icon, out of court. Like just obsessed with that whole scene. That and then it's followed by the judge doing a court mandated ghost hunt with everyone. That is right? how it works. That is how law works, okay? The lawyer, or sorry, the judge was basically like Sydney with the candle. She, he was like, <laughs> I have to see it with my own eyes to know. But okay, the, the end scene right before that part, right before uh, Hallison or Mrs. Waxwell, Mrs. Wax, wow, can I speak English? Mrs. Maxwell faints. It's so iconic because Luther starts basically like, he's literally testifying, but he's testifying, you know, when people are like, testify in church. Um, he And saying everything that happened to him. And Mrs. Ma Wax Maxwell and her beautiful society are all like, oh, oh, did it happen? Oh my God. And like everyone's screaming. Also, a little earlier in the scene, when um, Nick Simmons walks up, they all hiss at him. Yes, I love when they hiss at him. Oh, man. This, like, this whole scene was, it was a good scene, but it was saved and made, like, a bright point just by the occult society. Like, absolutely, they are batshit insane, and I fucking love them. They are queens. 
absolute queens. I would like to join. <laughs> okay, I do have a question actually about the court mandated ghost hunt because yes. uh-huh. they gather everybody to go to the house. They go inside and then they're like, "Is this the picture that you were talking about that was stabbed by the garden shears and was gushing blood?" And he's like, "Yep, that's the one." And then they're like, "But where's the hole? Where are the garden shears? Where's the blood?" And is this a different picture? Is it a different picture? Because I could not remember once I was looking at it and I had already had my suspicions and wrote in my notes, oh no, did the old guy do all of this? Because I didn't remember his name was Mr. Kelsey until the end. Um, So I was starting to put pieces together, but I didn't want to rewind and I couldn't remember. And I was like, but if it was the old guy and he really did stab that picture, he would have to replace it. But although it didn't make sense to me because I was like, if it was ghost garden shears and ghost blood, obviously that could go away on its own. It's like these people don't even know how ghosts work. Yeah. But was it a different Right, come on, guys. Anybody know? I think I'll look back, but I, I think that it was a different picture because I, I thought it that it looked too. different. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this lady looks like Alma. And then I was like, is that on purpose or is this just the beauty standard of the time? Um, And then I think it was like a different further away portrait the second time, like less close up, more Mm. landscape in the background, perhaps. It definitely looks like two different portraits. So, uh. Because what we do find out is that it was Mr. Kelsey doing all of these things uh, because he knew what actually happened with the murders and he needed Luther uh, to get the ball rolling. Because again, Mr. Kelsey is puppet master extraordinaire. But before we realized that it, or before it came out that Kelsey had done all of these things, like... So poor Luther is being made a fool of at every turn. Like, he can't get the secret passageway open. The organ isn't playing by itself at the stroke of midnight. We already talked about the bloody picture. That's a normal picture now. And my first thought was like, okay, so they're all mad at him that this isn't happening. But did we ever think that the ghosts are scared because there's 25 people in there? (laughs) I wrote in my notes, right? okay, this is very silly. Even if it was a real ghostly experience for one person, it wouldn't necessarily manifest for such a large crowd. Yeah, and it also right? could like, have been only because it was the 20th anniversary of the killing, you know? There's a lot of factors that they're not considering, okay? What if the ghost just has stage fright? Yeah. It's hard to perform in front of so many people. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I love the big reveal in this movie, and I just feel so bad for Luther that the absolute second... Well, no, okay, let me back up. This is where Alma truly freaking shines in this movie, because she, for some reason, believes so deeply in Luther, this bumbling fool who loves... Well, they've already established that they like each other. Remember? That's true. And she told him, and this was one of my favorite lines because I was like, what a way with words. But she said, Billy Ray Fox's opinion isn't worth a hill of beans. Not one hill of beans, Monica. Not one hill of beans. Not one. Not one. Not a single hill of beans. But I was thinking about that too. That's exactly. I was like, okay, but a hill of beans is worth something because that's a shit ton of beans. <laughs> <laughs> but but okay. it's not worth it to Alma. 
Because, okay, and then also just earlier, I think right before they go in the house for the ghost hunt, at one point, Ollie and, or not Ollie, sorry, uh, Luther and Alma have done a little peck of a kiss. I'm not the sure what that is. The gentlest little smooch. Just a little, barely even anything. But at this point, it's clear, you know, almost done with Ollie. She's with Luther now. And she gives Luther a little peck on the cheek at one point in front of Ollie. And Ollie's like, what the hell, Alma? I thought you were my girl. He calls it a cute little nip on the cheek. And I wrote it down because I thought it was such an adorable way to refer to a smooch. That is adorable. That is cute. Cute little nip on the cheek. Um, But then she responds and she says, you don't own me, Ollie. You never did. And I'm just like, in my head, I was like, you don't own me. That song. Oh, incredible. Listen, we love Alma. Alma. Alma and Halcyon Maxwell are the two shining stars here for me. Yes, they are the boss bitches. Of this yes. whole movie. They make it all happen. And so I, it's just so sad to see because everyone doesn't believe Luther anymore. Even our queen, Mrs. Maxwell, turns her back on Luther after believing in him so fully and completely. Would you think like she of all people would be familiar enough with paranormal yes. things to be like, ghosts don't always appear on a timely schedule for one like vengeful spirits have a lot going on first of all uh-huh. busy schedules they're not going to show up on cue for your entertainment uh-huh. she dealt with i wrote it down what has she dealt with a headless ballerina uh, yeah a headless ballet dancer in dublin a whispering steeple in kansas city and a personal message from rudolph valentino in toledo so like you're telling me that she would so easily give up I think there's more to the story here. I just don't know what the deal is. I also 100% thought it was a headless belly dancer, not a headless ballet dancer. (laughs) (laughs) It could be both. Both very spooky. Both are very spooky. Maybe they've been trained in all kinds of dance. And exactly. And also, I just can't believe that she wouldn't believe her own vibrations that she's felt. Because, like, another part of this movie that I love so much is when, like, they're finding out about all this and Mrs. Maxwell, like, touches the gate. And like feels an energy and grabs the hand of the girl next to her, and the energy passes through all of them, and they're all like, "Ah!" Oh. I was like, "I want to be in the vibration." I'm like, "Get me in this vibrating coven. This is amazing." I'm just looking for other women to vibe together with. Realistically, realistically, aren't we all vibe that way? <laughs> uh, but yeah, even when the queen of the occult turns his back, turns her back on Luther. Alma's still in there trying to figure shit out. And she's a genius because she figures out how to open the hallway. She gets up to the organ area and then she gets herself got by unfortunate, unfortunately by Nick Simmons, but not totally got. She's still alive, but she's being held at knife point. Very dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Sorry, I just like doing that. No, I really like it. <laughs> it, was, it was appropriate. Well, and Mr. Luther is already up in the organ room with Mr. Kelsey, and this is we're finding out the of what actually happened that night because Mr. Kelsey was the gardener and was there the night the murders happened, and he saw everything. And he's like, "I knew that when Nick Simmons wasn't back was back in town to tear down this house, it was my chance to tell everybody what really happened that night." 
<laughs> Which is so wild because I feel like he went to so many lengths to get the story out unrelated to him completely because Nick Simmons had used his gardening shears. And so he was like, mm-hmm. I cannot be related to this crime at all, which is why I have to gaslight Luther into writing this piece <laughs> and then being in this house and then having this terrifying ghostly experience and then like proving it in court essentially um so that they take a closer so that like the passageway is exposed which i he's betting somehow that once the passageway is exposed people will be like it could have been nick simmons after all even though this murder murder suicide tale has survived for 20 years i feel like that's kind of where his plan like maybe didn't have a good end point because that only came out once Mr. Kelsey was like all right well now that we're already here and Nick Simmons is gonna do another murder I guess I'll just tell everybody the deal like he really had to skip a few steps at the end there um how dare you doubt the puppet master honestly (laughs) his plan was flawless up to this point the fact that Nick Simmons was willing to do a murder is not his fault you know what I mean yeah um But I am just curious to see how the rest of the plan would have played out because I am so confident he had the rest of it. You know what I mean? But we didn't get to see it. That's true. Yes. In another world. I'm not nearly so smart as Mr. Kelsey. And so I can't come up with the plan myself. (laughs) Oh, my God. Stop. Mr. Kelsey. So smart. So good at his job. Okay, but the one thing that he does that's also a little sus is, like, when they're confronting Nick Simmons in this tiny little hallway, he, like, is supposed to be whispering to Luther, saying, like, go down below and go behind him. But he's he's saying it, like, go down below and go behind him and bonk him, you know? Like, like he's, like, yelling it. Like, they're five feet away from each other. Like, this is not smart. But, yeah, I mean, Luther runs down the stairs like an absolute freak. Wonderful very great part where he misses the staircase and goes into another room like he is flipping out um and he finally has an opportunity to use his karate which is very exciting because throughout the film he's talking about his karate but he also is like doing the like karate hands and like making hands in front of him that's all he's got yep that's all he's got and he goes to try to use his hands of steel and he just like breaks his fucking hand. <laughs> I really truly thought that Nick Simmons didn't even notice him at first that like Luther's karate was so inconsequential <laughs> that Nick Simmons just like brushed it off like a fly. And then eventually Nick Simmons maintains that he was physically unmoved by this karate but he was aware of the fact that there were karate attempts going on behind him which made me feel better for luther yeah at least like (laughs) it didn't just feel like the wind blowing against his neck or something but that is the moment when luther finally got to be like my whole body is a weapon and he just threw his whole body at nick and that thank god was very effective he's literally like body slam (laughs) He saved Alma. 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 Oh, God. And yeah, then the truth is revealed. Do we find out why Nick wanted to kill his aunt in the first place? For their money, I think. For their money. Is kind of thrown in there at some point. It's not explained to me, um, like, what the deal with that is because there are liens on the house, which means he wouldn't be able to sell it. 
and he can't even demolish it without getting the liens cleared up. But also, but, if you want money, why would you demolish the house? But if they didn't have kids, uh, he could have been like their beneficiary for like the their other assets. You know for what I sure. mean? So maybe they yeah. were so wealthy that he was like, I don't even need this house. Right? He's like, eh, who gives a shit about the most perfect house ever? He's moved up and away from Rachel, Kansas, and he's like, I don't need no small town Rachel, Kansas mansion, even though it's objectively beautiful. It's got a spiral staircase leading up to a little attic space with an enormous fucking organ in it. Like, couldn't be me. This house has a built-in organ. Like, oh, God, Sydney, you got to get a house with an organ. I'm trying. In also, we need to have more like spooky related things um, at my house once we're allowed to because I do I did inherit a player piano from my grandparents. So it is a piano that looks like a ghost is playing it because it just plays the song by itself and the keys move. So like we could reenact this, but we can't put blood on the keys because we can't even get it out with bonnie. So (laughs) what's the point? What's the point? But okay, so. We find out what's happening, and I feel like the movie is over, and then, of course, Luther and Alma, the perfect couple with amazing chemistry that everyone can see. They they have so much in common. They're both super hot, so that's another thing they have in common. Um, There's a totally normal age difference here. Yeah, absolutely, totally fine. And, of course, they get married at the end, which is wonderful. (laughs) Okay, but I will say, though, their wedding is, like, my dream wedding. It is so cute and, like, adorable. And it's just, like, in the living room of the bed and board. And once more, there's a piano playing itself, which may or may not be a ghost. So, you know. It's definitely a ghost. Sprinkled in. It's better be a ghost. It's the definitely the ghost. This movie. Or yeah, the player it's gotta piano. be a ghost. <laughs> Mr. Simmons, Ephraim Simmons, was so grateful that they solved his murder that he came to play for them at their wedding. Exactly. If you name your kid Ephraim, you know that your your kid is going to grow up to die in a way that makes them turn into a ghost. Like... For sure. And can you imagine if you've been a ghost for 20 years and everybody thinks you murdered your wife and then committed suicide, but you were also murdered? Like, that's so unfair. And also to be yeeted in such a way out out a window for your death while you're just trying to have a little organ party. That's just not cool. Right? Like you're you're just lounging, trying to, you know, vibe with your organ, yeeted out a window. Unfair. Like you don't even know your wife has been murdered. Sad. Tragic. Tragic. Okay, Um, so I feel like we gotta get into our subjects here. Our subjects. step by step through this whole movie and that's kind of because we can't do a lot of our normal features um our lot our little what what do we call them Uh, don't know now segments there we go that's the word segments irregular beats (laughs) but we can still talk about a lot of them i mean there's I mean, yeah. if you want to do your favorite death, you got two to choose from. <laughs> Would you rather be in stabbed in the neck with garden shears or yeeted out the window? I don't know. They're kind of tied for me. <laughs> I would like to be hit on the head with a two by four and not actually be dead. <laughs> That's like the best option for sure. 
But okay. I guess my favorite attack would be when the portrait got stabbed. That's got that, a yes. level of drama that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I just I appreciate every step of that Kelsey did. Every little detail. He did a beautiful job. He really but, planned it out nicely. I feel like this movie definitely could have been gayer. Um, but how? Yes. So I think I think why the reason why Ollie was so mean to Luther was he was just in love with him but it was 1966 and he could not express that because he was a macho macho dude and it was socially unacceptable i think oh what was the psychic occult society of rachel all vibrating together and experiencing energy like they're doing weird orgy shit yeah oh yeah that's gay there's something gay going on there that's yeah they're definitely gay Gay occult shit right there. Like, you don't get to be a witch and not be gay. Like, come on. No, it's true. It's true. There's got to be some sort of a sexy homo energy going on. (laughs) (laughs) But um, if you could have seen the weird dance I did while I said that. Um, But I also think that a reason why Ollie and tell me his name again, Mr. Becker. Beckett. Beckett. Mr. Beckett. Uh, were so mean to Luther was maybe because, you know, they had something going on and they only had eyes for each other and they could not think outside of their own little, like, reporting love story between the two of them. And they just, that's why they wouldn't give Luther a chance, you know? And then Ollie was a dick because he was trying so hard to keep Alma as his beard. And he was pissed that his beard was being taken away from him by Luther. There you go. It's a compelling theory. It's a good one. I like that theory. <laughs> um, either way, sad. Either way, sad for Alma that she was a beard. But, you know, she ended up with a beautiful man. Um, so good for her. <laughs> so I know that Matthew Lillard was, like, not alive. Was he alive in 1966? When was no, he born? No, I think he was born in the 70s. I'll okay, Google it since you can't because you're a bad girl. Yeah, I can't. I can't look it up. So he couldn't have ever been in this movie. Oh, another thing, the scariest part of this entire movie was the IMDb trivia that says everyone in this movie is dead. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my god, okay, like that makes sense because everyone was older and this came out in 66, but like rude for you to word it in that way. Yeah, Um, like thanks for reminding me. Yeah, about like the like finality of life or whatever but anyway uh matthew lillard i feel like if we did some time travel shit he could have been a valuable asset to this film um he would have played the don knots role very well i think if we wanted to keep Don knots from the movie i just don't think that we do yeah i, feel I like- think he would have been a good mr beckett also hmm. Hmm. playing it straight except playing for the like part with straight- and like kind of a dick, but like less of a dick than Ollie. Yeah. I think he would have been a great Nick Simmons, because in my mind I didn't expect Nick Simmons to Ooh. be as old as he was, but I guess it makes sense because it was twenty years before, but he could have been like a child killer, which would have been more <laughs> epic. And then it's hot, young, like in the period dress Matthew Lillard as this evil killer who killed people when he was a baby. Love that story for him. <laughs> he could play that really well. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into him being Nick Simmons. I really want that to happen. When they do the 
well, fuck, it wouldn't work. If we could do some time-changing, time-traveling things, and they made a remake of this in the early 2000s or the late 90s, then that would have been the perfect role for young Matthew. (laughs) Okay, so it comes the time to talk about my favorite segment, which is the Dumb Bitch Award. Um, And I think that I I hope to God we're unanimous in this one. Um, (laughs) Who do you guys choose as your dumb bitch? Because I feel like it goes almost without saying. I think there's three valid options. Okay, okay. I'll hear you out. What is yours? You I go just, first. I just think Luther is so fucking stupid. I'm sorry. He is the hero. We love Aww. him. He's amazing, but he's such a dumb bitch. Every at every turn, he fucks it up every single time. And he's still our hero and we still love him. And the point of all of this is to say that just because you're a dumb bitch doesn't mean you are a wonderful person. You know? Sometimes I'm a dumb bitch, you know what I mean? But I'm still the yeah. good girl of the pod and everybody loves me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So sometimes it happens. Sometimes you go on record claiming that something is an ACL and it's not. And, and you have to take it all back. And and you're still okay in the end, you know? That's why retractions exist. But Luther here, he is a dumb bitch to me. And I mean, try to sway me another way, but I'm very 100% on this track. <laughs> Luther was an option. I'm going with Ollie because he's just, he's so mean, like unnecessarily mean. He's dumb for just assuming that Alma was his. True. Like, like how dare he? Like, I think he's a dumb bitch for undermining Luther and, like, not giving Luther, even though Luther is kind of dumb, but, like, you shouldn't treat people that, if you think they're dumb, you still should not be the dick to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a gossip behind their backs. He, I just, I'll never forgive him for what he says in the courthouse about how he hopes that Luther fries. Uh <gasps> For this, I you don't uh, get fried for libel cases. Sweet God, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh-uh. like, uh, I think Ollie is the dumb bitch. Who was I your third option? Uh, Nick Simmons oh, for thinking yeah, he could yeah. get away with murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of, I guess, would say that I am partial to Nick Simmons as well because, to me, a lot of the time, the dumb bitch award has like an inherent negative energy to it um I would say that Luther was like a bumbling fool rather than a dumb bitch but we don't have a bumbling fool award I totally (laughs) see your point um that he is dumb I just don't know that I think he's a bitch you know what I mean I don't know that he has that that special something um because he's so relentlessly positive um no toxic energy of which to speak Nick Simmons, lots of toxic energy, but also he did get away with murder for 20 years. You know what I mean? So that's pretty impressive, but he did get caught in the end. Um, His plan was pretty good, too, to blow down that house so they could never find out about the secret pathway. Um, It's, like, very much a dumb bitch move to me, personally, to do that with all this stuff inside, too. Like, you're telling me you killed people for money, but you're not even going to sell any of their very good stuff just so you can hide one secret passageway? Like, that's dumb bitch behavior. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. That move, 
I will I will say that Nick could be the dumb bitch for me too just because he was going to rip down that absolutely perfect home. That should be that should be a jailable offense. Um just absolutely right. call the historical society. Call Alex's mom. <laughs> right? Be like you cannot tear this house down. It's per- remember they talk about how it was hand imported. Yeah. Where is the Chamber of Commerce when you need them? I know. Okay, well, I, I'll allow I'll allow it to be Nick for the Dumb Bitch Award, but Luther is innately a dumb bitch for me, and d- being a dumb bitch just doesn't have the same sinister okay. qualities all I the time. I would like to um, create a little award for Luther based on the line he had earlier in the film, and that's the mm-hmm. Mr. Boob Award, <gasps> because he does call himself... <laughs> Mr. Boob, he says, Mr. Boob, that's me, B-double-O-B-Boob. Um, and that line. is dumb bo- bitch adjacent, but I think it deserves its own title. He has his own yes. self-awareness, though, in that moment that takes him for out of the dumb bitch category, because usually dumb bitches don't know. They think they're, they're smart, so, and that's what yes, makes them so the dumb. They so are, are so dumb. Like, set in their decisions. You know what I mean? Whereas Luther, to me, he just, like, is doing his best, but he knows that maybe he's his best is not always correct. Um, And so he just, like, shines bright like a star and elevates himself out of the dumb bitch category. I agree. All right, well, I think it's time to talk about our knives out of fives. And, I mean, Sydney, I feel like you're going to set the precedent here. So do you want to go first or last? I'll go first. This is a four and a half out of five for me. I love it. It is so nostalgic. It is so, it's just like, it's such a feel-good, funny movie. But the now as a full-blown adult, some of the parts makes me very cringy and anxious and I don't like watching them. (laughs) So I normally will just like fast forward through some of the parts. There's some painfully awkward moments that I was like, please turn off my brain. (laughs) I just, I don't like when they're being mean to lose. That's (laughs) fair. It's bullying. It's bullying and I'm very sensitive. (laughs) Uh, do Kelsey, do you want to go next? Um, I feel like I may be letting Sydney down a little bit with mine. I did really like the Ghost and Mr. Chicken, but it's not um to my taste as far as movies go, as far as spooky movies go. I thought it was very sweet. I wish we had watched it together because I feel like I would have a little bit more fondness if I was like sitting next to you on a couch and you were sharing one of your favorite movies with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but sad. that said, <laughs> while it was very cute and I enjoyed it, it's just not something I would really watch again, probably. Um, so I don't want to give it a bad rating because I thought it was good, but I don't want to. I am so generous with my knives a lot of the time that I feel like to temper that, I'm gonna give it like a like a three point five. That's valid. Because it only got a 67% oh, oh. of Rotten Tomatoes. And honestly, I think, again, 
th- that's wrong. It should at least be a 75. Yeah. Which is basically a 3.5 on our scale. Yeah. So Chelsea, better than House of Wax reviews. Yeah, I keep um, forgetting to – I write these down in my notes every time. I keep forgetting <laughs> to share them until prompted. But on IMDb, it got 7.3 out of 10, which is basically like a 3.5-ish. And while it yes. got 67% fresh from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, it got 75% fresh from audiences. So people liked it. Yeah. The audience knows what's up. What's not to like? <laughs> so what about you, Monica? What's what's your knives out of fives? I'm in a similar place to you, Chef. I mean, I really liked it a lot. I had a really good time with it. It was adorable. I really wish Adam had watched it with me too because we love these type of movies. And um, Don Knotts is just he – he knocks it out of the park. Like he makes the whole thing. Obviously, that's why the movie was such a success because everyone loved him so much. Um, and I too now love this old timey Steve Buscemi. Um, but I, I'm going to give him a very similar rating to Chelsea just cause like in the grand scheme, I'm going to do like a three point, like five, eight, eight repeating, you know, that's how I feel. It's, it's really good, really fun, a nice reprieve after the trauma of watching so many snips in the last movie. Um, so it was nice to just take a deep breath and feel like a little kid again, but also, uh, it's just not my number one fave, but I re- thank you for sh- sharing it with us, Sydney, your past. Uh, you're welcome. I also think like, if you are a parent, this is a great movie to like watch with your small children to kind of get them into the love of horror movies. Or to indoctrinate them into the spooky spirit. Right. Like, you've got to start them off with this, some Scooby-Doo, and then just, like, a year later, let them go just, like, full-blown murder horror. Yeah, a year <laughs> later, already in House of Wax. <laughs> exactly. Just, like, let them dive in head first after this. You're like, here you go. You've touched your toe into the spooky lake. Dive right in, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Well, I love, I had a really good time watching this. And I'm glad we did it. <laughs> I'm thrilled that we did it. Monica, oh. do you want to tell us what's up next week? Oh, I will. I will. I'm so excited for this one. I've been trying to get this one on the sketch for a while now. So um, Adam, my boyfriend, and I found this movie randomly. I don't even know how. And, you know, usually you scroll and you scroll on the streaming sites and you never find anything good. But, God, we found a winner. This movie came out in 2019. I have never heard anyone speak even a whisper about it, but it's called Get Duked. (laughs) Already a wonderful (laughs) name. Um, Okay. And it's basically about these, like – boys that have to do like a scouts trip to redeem themselves from um being like miscreants you know like doing uh getting in trouble at school so it's three guys who like just do whatever the hell they want and one pure little boy who's doing this scouts trip just for fun because he loves the wilderness and they go out on this trip and they start being hunted (laughs) by scary people and it's an absolute amazing thing it takes place i think in the Scottish Highlands, so everyone has incredible a- accents. This movie even has Eddie Izzard in it, and Eddie is an incredible comedian if you're not familiar with their work. Um, and this movie is just an absolute joyride. It's scary, but it's mostly hilarious, and so I really think you guys are going to like it. 
Um, I mean, you had me at Scottish Highlands. I'm definitely very intrigued. I feel like I don't know what to expect at all. Um, or also you the won't. age of the the boys in question. Um, what? They're teens. They're, they're, they're like, teens. Okay. They're like at the end of their, uh, I think they're called A-levels. So it's like high school age, essentially. That's like the SATs or something, right? I don't. No, they're about to graduate and go on to university if it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's well the enough Whatever, it doesn't matter. You'll there figure it out when you watch it. Got it. It's best to go in blind for this one, but it's incredible. Okay, um, so yeah. I mean, I go in blind just about every time, so I, I for sure cannot wait to see what I'm getting into. Amazing. Well, I'm great. so ready. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We just got one from someone we don't know. I believe her name was Katie. Katie, thank you. You're an incredible person. Um, so do that for us, please. We need more so people can listen to our sweet, sweet words. And if you like what you heard, you want to see some beautiful homegrown memes, follow us at Spooky underscore Tuesday on Instagram and Twitter. And Spooky Tuesday Pod. You can find us with that on Facebook. Bye, Spookies. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore OMG. Attaboy, Luther! <laughs> <laughs>